Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and you are listening to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Welcome. We are in the middle of our virtue series, and we have finally crossed over from the cardinal virtues into the theological virtues. In our last episode, I spoke about the virtue of faith. For every virtue, there is a gift of the Holy Spirit that is bound to that virtue to help you with that virtue. There are things that you can do to grow in that virtue and things that you're definitely going to want to avoid to protect that virtue. And there are also capital sins that are in direct opposition to every virtue, right? Same way that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that are bound specifically to said virtue, right? Today, I feel called to go over the sins that harm our ability to live the virtue of faith the most. These are going to be the capital sins that are in direct opposition to the virtue of faith. And I already know right now, this is probably not going to be my most popular episode, but I have to do it, right? I feel called to speak about this. So if you would indulge me, um, please stay tuned. And it might seem like a bummer, you know? Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about capital sins today. Um, But there is hope, right? And I really want to focus in on that, how you can help the world to grow in faith, you know, faith as in a return to the belief in God, right? Um, Also, this episode might not be for younger listeners. Not because there's anything wrong with what I'm going to be talking about. It's just that the subject matter might not be something that you have spoken to your children about yet, right? And I don't want to be the person to introduce this to them. So um, if you listen with your kids, I know some of you guys do. um, Stop listening now. Get them out of the room or, you know, listen to it later by yourself and then decide if you want to listen to it with them. And if you are under 18, please... I'm going to put you on the honor system, stop listening to the episode, have your parents listen to it first, and then let them decide if you are supposed to listen to this episode now, okay? All right. So the virtue of faith has two mortal enemies, the capital sin of lust and the capital sin of gluttony. Lust and gluttony are what happen when we take a good thing too far or we take it out of its proper context. And we end up with an inordinate desire for pleasure in the case of lust or for food and drink or, you know, the comforts in the case of gluttony. The capital sin of lust can be easily misunderstood. So I want to talk about that just for a little bit because in our secular culture, if they were to define lust, and actually if you just look it up on the internet, you're going to find a a definition that says that lust is just a very strong sexual desire, right? And the Catholic Church is not against strong sexual desire. We say that lust is a disordered desire for sexual pleasure. You see that? So strong sexual desire is perfectly fine, you know, as far as the Catholic Church, as far as the Lord is concerned, as long as it's not disordered. The question then becomes, when does sexual desire become disordered? We know that sex and sexual desire are created by God and they are good, right? And if you don't know that, now you know. 
But they have a pur- actually two purposes, the purpose of bonding between husband and wife and the openness to babies, right? Now, that doesn't mean you have to be trying to make a baby every single time, you know, that a husband and wife come together in the marital embrace or, you know, have sex. It just means that you cannot contracept, you cannot purposefully frustrate the possibility of conceiving, right? So no contraception and no contraceptive mentality right? If either of these two things are removed, bonding or the openness to babies, then that sexual desire or that sexual pleasure has become disordered. And in today's society, everything is so hypersexualized, right? And the way that sex is propagated and even taught in school, it's not open to life and it's not exclusive to husbands and wives. And, and the way it's put forward in society is disordered. And right now, the biggest promoter of disordered desire for sexual pleasure is pornography. And from a big picture perspective, this is very problematic because it erodes faith, right? The belief in God. And it also leads to the ruin of our society. Now, I know I just mentioned pornography and people inevitably tune out when you start talking about pornography or lust or anything like that. It happens. You know, you might be thinking, oh, that's not a part of my life. Yeah, that's not a problem in my marriage. I know for a fact that my kids, my grandkids, you know, any of the people in my life that they don't, you know, they don't do that. Pornography is not a part of my sphere. Therefore, it's not relevant to me. I don't need to listen to this. It's not important. But wait, just hear me out because I'm going to say that it is important to you and you can actually help this growing problem in our world and why it's so important that you do. Actually, first listen to what Father Benedict Groeschel has to say. In his book, The Virtue Driven Life, there's a section where he's talking about natural virtues and the fruit that they brought to different societies and different civilizations throughout history. But then he also talks about the downfall of those same civilizations and those same societies once they abandoned the natural virtues. And he says this, he says, it's all too obvious today that Western European countries are busy undermining the foundations of natural virtue in their own countries, sorry, in their own societies. For example, the widespread use of pornography undermines any natural dignity and regard for the human rights of those who are represented as only objects of lust. And the United States is not far behind Europe. So maybe you're not personally affected by pornography. And if that's the case, then thanks be to God. But You can see that pornography is a societal problem and you're part of society because you're part of this world, right? But like I said, there is hope you can help heal the people of this world from the effects of pornography and in doing so, make the world a more faithful place, right? And make God more important as he should be in the world. Look at it this way. Here's why I say that. The virtue of faith enables us to believe in God, to recognize his goodness and his presence, we're supposed to give God all honor and all praise, and we're supposed to love our neighbor as a result, and we're supposed to be good stewards of creation. And we do that when we have a stronger faith. Lust and gluttony, they're going to mess that up. And they are messing that up, right? Because they destroy our faith because they go after that virtue of faith specifically, destroying our belief in God as a society and all that he has revealed to us. And when that happens in a culture, God is treated with contempt. Our neighbors are treated with violence and nature is abused, right? Now, does that sound familiar to you? I'm just saying, you know, that's what we're looking at in today's society, in today's world. The book of Esther says that you were made for a time such as this. 
The Lord created you, wanted you to be born when you were born so that you would be alive today because you can help the world. You can help bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and you can help people to grow in faith, be a part of bringing more glory and honor to God and helping the world to do that. And you can lift up your neighbor and treat them as as yourself and, you know, help other people to do the same. And you could, you know, become a great steward of the earth that we have been entrusted and you could help people to do the same. And I think the first place to start with that is with prayer and fasting. Um, at least once a week, specific intention of healing for all of those who are engaged in pornography and an end to pornography in the world. Because like I said, we need a stronger belief and trust in God and in the world. And lust specifically goes after that virtue of faith and pornography is fueling lust in in the world today and i said healing you know for all of those engaged in pornography and that might might not be what what comes to mind i feel like a lot of people get this like pitchfork and torches mentality you know almost dare i say like a witch hunt you know and the people who engage in pornography are looked at as villains and I think that I need to clear the air about a few things with regard to pornography. They are on my heart, and I believe the Lord wants me to share them. And the first is that the people who engage in pornography, they're not villains. They're not dirty. They are people who are enslaved to sin, and they are in need of mercy, just like you and I are enslaved to sin. It might not be that sin, but we are enslaved to one sin or another, and we are also in need of mercy. Another thing is that pornography is not just a guy's issue. I know a number of women and girls who have struggled with pornography or they are currently struggling. Like it's a lifelong struggle and they know it will be a lifelong struggle for them. Also, you can't tell who struggles with pornography just by looking at them. You know, they don't have a specific look or, or, or a way. And case in point, right now I believe the statistic is that half of the people in any given parish struggle with pornography. And you might be like, what? You know, they're coming to mass, they're going to these events, you know, all this stuff, but they are struggling with pornography and you would never know, right? So you can't tell by looking at someone. And people that look at pornography or, you know, even read it on a page, because pornography can also be found in the pages of romance novels, they're not doing it because they, they have a desire to, you know, do something devious or, or anything along those lines. The truth is, Studies have shown that they do it for all sorts of reasons from loneliness, um, a desire for control or belonging in their life. They have an emptiness. Maybe they, they just need to escape reality for a little while or there's an esteem issue, you know, like they feel like they just need like a boost of confidence or self-esteem or, or they, you know, have some sort of like wounds relationships in the past. And that could even be like familial relationships. And again, because of that, Everyone who struggles with pornography, you know, they need to be treated with mercy and with love. Also, that includes the people in the industry. And, and this was kind of probably one of the last realizations that I had. You know, some people look at the people in the industry, you know, the people who are being filmed or photographed or whatever, and they think, well, they're consenting adults and they must like it or else they wouldn't do it. Think about that for a second. Pornography goes against our dignity as human beings human beings, right? A dignity that is inherent to us that everyone was born with, right? And pornography is the complete opposite of that. And for someone to 
do something so contrary to their dignity, they have to be very broken and very wounded. And they're in need of love, in need of mercy, and intense healing, including the people who are profiting um, from pornography. Because in order to do that to your brother or sister in Christ, you must be very broken, very wounded, and you, you need healing and mercy. Um, and also, now with the advent of the internet and the fact that people are walking around with um, computers in their pockets, you know, in the form of their smartphones, exposure is starting younger and younger. And it's even on social media, right? There are things that I've seen and I'm like, how is that allowed to be on social media? Like, whoa, you know, but that just goes to show how pervasive pornography is and how um, used to it our society has become. Yeah, those were the things that I wanted to say about pornography, because I know I have such a large um, demographic, you know, there's so many different people and so many ages and stages in life that listen to this show. I just felt like this just needed to be said. Um, now, if you are someone who currently struggles with pornography and you were hoping that I would give some sort of advice or solutions for your struggle, um, that's not my wheelhouse. But I will point you to Matt Frad. He has a show called Pints with Aquinas. So you can find it on YouTube and on his website, pintswithaquinas.com. Matt Frad is someone who has personal firsthand experience struggling with pornography in life and in marriage. And um, he has some very great guests on his show, and they talk about all kinds of different ministries and avenues in which someone can take in order to seek healing and end their struggle with pornography. Yeah, so head over to his show. He has a lot of great resources. What I do hope that I did on this episode was show the connection between the crisis of faith in our world and pornography. I hope I showed that and also brought hope to to this problem and showed how you can help. Even if you are not personally affected by pornography, you are part of this society and our society needs your prayer. It needs your fasting. Make sure that you guard yourself and the people that you love from this capital sin of lust, which is being fueled by pornography and help the world and yourself and those you love to grow in the virtue of faith. So I hope you liked this episode. Like I said, I don't think it will be my most popular of episodes. Um, but if you stuck to the end, thank you. And thank you to our patrons. They make this show possible. Patrons are people who donate monthly. Um, and there are people who give one-time donations. That's great. You are very helpful as well. We have a new patron, Jericho. Special thanks, special shout out to you. If you would like to donate one time or monthly, um, please head over to theosis.net and click the word donate in the menu. When you do that, you're going to come to a page that's going to show you all the ways and avenues, frequencies in which you can donate. Um, if you have anything you'd like to say or share with me about this episode or anything in the faith life, I love to hear from you. You can find me at theosis on facebook instagram and twitter message me there i always respond to my direct messages you can also direct message me on youtube and while you're there subscribe to the channel the clumsy theosis channel and share the videos or we can go old school and you can email me clumsytheosis at gmail.com any way that works for you i love to hear from you i hope you have a great week all right peace out 
Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.